Thank you for listening to this message from The Resting Place Tampa. Our hope is you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of everything you hear. For more great resources like this, go to trptampa.com. We're in the middle of a series, I have to warn you, another warning. Um, This is part six, but it's actually part one of part six. Sorry. This is the first half of what I'll finish next week. So uh, we're talking about... Uh, the end times, and we're calling it Apocalypse How, question mark, because we're approaching this thing with humility. We're taking another look, and I'm inviting you to consider maybe a new perspective on the end times. And if it's your first time in the series, I apologize. Um, there's a lot of stuff I've said already. I'm going to do my best to recap quickly so that we can come together today. But it's all on our YouTube channel, and it's, it's all really good. People are getting free. We're breaking off fear, and we're breaking through pride. That's what we're doing. So this is a very divisive topic, but we believe the Lord is breathing on it. So let me give you a quick recap over the last few weeks. The book of Revelation so far, we've discovered that it's actually the unveiling of Jesus. Okay? It says this is the revelation of Jesus Christ. That word revelation is the Greek word apocalypse. Say apocalypse. That means to lift off the cover. The very first statement in the book will tell most people they're reading it wrong. It's not about the Antichrist, hashtag not in there. It's not even about the end times. It's not even all about the mark. It's not even all about the lake of fire. It's of the unveiling of Jesus Christ. This is the revelation of Jesus Christ, the apocalypse. The whole thing. Say the whole thing. Okay, this is our interpretive model, okay? So we found that out. It's written in sign language. It says the angel that gave it to John made it known. He signified it, right? It's the Greek word semiano. It's miracle signs, like signs and wonders. He put it in a sign form for John. John wrote down the signs, the symbols, all right? So we need to be able to read the sign language of the book. If you don't understand sign language, you're not going to understand the book, okay? It's written... Uh, to and from multiple realms, we asked a better question of instead of when is it going to happen, where is it going to happen? The multiple realms we saw was in the first, the third, and the second heaven in that order. I know because God likes to mess with you. It goes first heaven, third heaven, second heaven. And so is this okay? I'm doing my best to do a quick recap. Um, finally, the seven letters reveal the conquering church. It goes through the conquering church, and it speaks to those churches and to all churches for all time, right? To the one who conquers, the one who has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches, plural. Amen? Amen? And finally, we talked about how chapter 4, verse 1, all the way to the end, is actually the fruit of Christ's labor in chapters 1 through 3. It's the fruit of his labor amongst the lampstands. The lampstands represent the church. I know if you're confused, I'm sorry. That's all the time I have for that, okay? Um, <laughs> if I'm confused, yeah, I'm sorry. It's, I have to go quickly, but I want to today just bring you into the next fruit of Christ's labor, which is the maturity of the saints, Okay, it's all leading to the maturity of the saints in Christ Jesus. That's God's plan. God's plan is for you to grow up. Listen to me. You're going to grow whether you like it or not. Even if you resist him, he'll use it to grow you. He'll use all things to grow you up into his nature, into his likeness. Even your disobedience he will use to grow you. You're going to grow no matter what. Okay? And so today, I want to talk about, I'm going to reveal the mystery of the four living creatures, okay? Now, I've said this almost every week, this so far, 
This is a submission. Say a submission. I could be wrong about this. I know you're not used to, like, a lack of pridefulness from a microphone like this. There's a lot of pride in preachers nowadays. They're like, I'm right, I'm right, I'm right. No, I probably could be wrong. I don't know. I believe I'm right, or I wouldn't tell you. But I very well could be wrong. You know what the spirit of legalism and the political spirit have in common? They cannot be wrong. I'm right, you're wrong, and that makes you evil and me good. That's the political spirit. That's the spirit of legalism. That's the spirit that killed Jesus, okay? It's the religious spirit. I just don't have that one. I got issues. I don't have that issue, okay? I could be wrong. I don't believe I am. Am I making any sense at all? Okay. This is a submission because this is a mysterious book, man. Anybody who thinks they totally understand the book of Revelation is not reading it carefully, okay? <laughs> All right, hallelujah. Let's read some of it. Revelation 4, 6 through 11, speaking of the, living, the four living creatures, it says, Around the throne and on each side stood four living creatures, full of eyes in front and behind. You get a picture of this, full of eyes in front and behind. Anybody, like, feeling like maybe they don't know everything yet? Like, yeah, me too. I'm like, what? How do you even picture that? How do you know what it looks like if it's all eyes? I don't know. It's sign language. Are you with me? Yes? Okay. Full of eyes in front and behind. The first living creature resembled a lion. The second, an ox. The third had a human face. Say human. And the fourth was like an eagle in flight. Say in flight. Each of the four living creatures had six wings full of eyes all around and under their wings. They worshiped without ceasing day and night, singing, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God, the Almighty, the was, the is, and the coming. And whenever the living creatures gave glory, honor, and thanks to the one who is enthroned and who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fell face down before the one seated on the throne, and they worshiped the one who lives forever and ever. And they surrendered their crowns before the throne, singing, You are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory, honor, and power, for you created all things, and by your plan they were created and exist. Say amen. I have to say a little side note here. The Lord is not letting me go on this one. I don't believe the elders cast their crown. I believe the elders cast their crowns. I believe their worship is so fervent, they don't even have time to use their hands. They bow, and that thing comes flying off. That's the kind of heavenly throne of worship that's breaking out in this room. I can feel it. It's like, it's coming. That was a side note. That was free. Okay. The four living creatures. I'd like to submit to you something. This is trying to be as humble as I can here. I'm submitting to you for your consideration. Don't take my word for it. Go to the word for it. Amen. Go to the written and the living word for all of this. Never take my word for it. All right. I joke like this all the time because it helps it stick. I know I got like the long hair and the Amish looking Jesus beard thing going on. That doesn't mean you should believe everything I say. I'm... I'm telling you, you should do your own research. If I don't make you hungry, I'm not doing my job. I'm not here to feed you. I'm here to teach you how to eat. Okay? So if you don't feel fed, it's just because I'm not feeding you. I'm giving you utensils and baking some bread for you so you get that smell in your nose. You're like, oh, fresh bread. Oh, I want some of that. That's my job. You only eat once a week when you go to church? It's ridiculous. All right. So... I'd like to submit to you for your consideration. 
what I believe to be the absolute truth. Is that a fair statement? <laughs> the four living creatures represent, they're a symbol of the four stages of spiritual maturity in the church. They represent the four stages of spiritual maturity because the fruit of Christ's labor is your maturity. You're going to grow up. Here's why. I'll give you the rest of my time is here's why I believe that to be true. It says around the throne, say around, and on each side stood the four living creatures. Now, that seems redundant in English, right? Around and on each side. When you look in the Greek, it says around is the word circle or about, okay? Thereabouts, around about is the literal Greek word. And then the second one on each side is metsos, and it means in the middle. It means in between, or in the midst. So these creatures are in a circle form all about it and in the middle of it and in the midst of it. Here's what that means. It means that these four living creatures hold up the four corners of the throne. They are all around it and in between it. These four living creatures are back to back holding up each of the corners of the throne. They're all around and on each side, in the middle, in between the throne. The only way that makes sense is if they're holding up the edges. I'd like to submit to you that these living creatures hold up the throne on its four corners and represent our maturation process. So when you grow up, he is lifted up. The pace at which we grow is the pace in which the world will know his glory. It's our maturity that exalts the Lord. Psalm 22.3 says, You, Lord, are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. Now, help me for a second here. What are the 24, I'm sorry, the four living creatures doing? They are praising the Lord. Someone's going to get this. In, he is enthroned on the praises of its people Israel. He's enthroned on the praises of the four living creatures. The four living creatures are praising him day and night. That's what sits on his throne. And next week, part two of this, part B, 6B, will be when we go to Ezekiel chapter 1. You want some fun Bible reading? Read Ezekiel chapter 1. And just like try and draw half of it. Just try and picture half of it. It's crazy town in there. The Bible is not boring, okay? All right? And it says in Ezekiel 1 that wherever the, it talks about the four living creatures. It says wherever the spirit went, these went. Whenever the spirit rose up, they rose. Whenever the spirit stood, they stood. Did you know that Romans chapter 8 says all who are led by the spirit of God are sons of God? Uh-huh. All who are led by the spirit of God are sons of God. That's the word for children of God, sons and daughters, people of God. And let me help you. This is next week. I have to do it. I can't help myself. That's not the regular word for sons in Romans 8. All who are led by the Spirit are led by the sons of God. It's not the regular word for sons. It's the fully mature sons. I'm telling you, man. It's all who are led of the Spirit are the mature sons and daughters. Amen. Amen. I got two witnesses. <laughs> These four creatures are the four stages of your maturity in Christ. All right? Get this. Why does it say living creatures? 
Why does it say living creatures? You know, it's kind of like a redundant, like if they're a creature, they're living. What, they're, they're dead creatures? No. How do dead creatures talk? They don't, right? They're living creatures. Why? Because Romans 12, 1 through 2 says, I appeal to you, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your, help me, spiritual worship. It says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed, hashtag grow up, by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may be able to discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. That's talking about the four living creatures, man. Let's go through the pictures. And I'll keep being amened by creation. Even if you don't amen me, the, the lights will cry out. <laughs> yeah. The first living creature resembled a lion. Say a lion. This is a picture of salvation. This is the picture of your first stage of spiritual maturity. You can't start growing until you're saved. Spiritually growing you know, you can be spiritual, but you can't be spiritually mature until you're in Christ. Are you with me? There's a lot of people being spiritual out there. And the tragedy is a lot of the world talks and acts more spiritual than the church. So then you get around a guy like me, and I seem weird talking spiritual in church. It shouldn't be weird, but it is. Not for long. Amen. And so we need to be spirit beings having a physical experience. Are you with me? <laughs> and so Revelation 5, 5, you can write that down, says the Lion of Judah has conquered. The Lion of Judah has conquered. It doesn't say the Lamb actually conquered. It said the Lion conquered. Why? Because he died as a Lamb led to slaughter, but he rose as a Lion in victory. The Lion is a picture of the third day resurrection power. The King risen. Many Christians are not growing because they are on the first day. They're on Good Friday at the cross. They don't go with him into the tomb, agree he buried their old nature. They don't raise up with him in the likeness of his resurrection. And so they don't spiritually mature because they are still lamenting the lamb instead of raising with the lion. It's good to recognize you're forgiven. Amen. But that's not all you are, man. You're not just forgiven. You're forgiven, sanctified, glorified, seated with him in heavenly places right now. Your maturity is directly tied to how much you agree with the scriptures. And it says all that about you in your Bible. Give me your Bible. I will open it and point it to you. It's not my Bible. It's your Bible. <laughs> so... Our resurrection day was the Lion of Judah roaring from the grave. Are you with me? This is the first stage. So this is where it begins. And unfortunately, this is where many church people stay. I'm saved. I'm going to heaven. You know, I sang the songs growing up. You know, Kirk Franklin, DC Talk. I got a ticket to ride. Yeah? No? Got a ticket to ride to the other side. <laughs> I always wanted to be a rapper. You know, just kidding. I'm a preacher. It's close enough, you know. Anyway, if you don't know that song, how about this one? When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. No, today is the day of salvation. Rejoice in the Lord when you get to heaven. And then again, again I say it, rejoice. No? Rejoice in the Lord 
always, right now. We have passed so much off into heaven because we're set with our salvation. We're good, saved, signed, sealed, delivered. You're his. Yeah. I'm trying, doing my best to make it stick. You need some signs and wonders. I mean, Stevie Wonder. I mean, signs and wonders in your life. All right? You need it. Anyway, you're going to remember it. You might not get anything from this, but you'll remember it. That's a, a lot of the church is stuck there. They aren't taking the next step of spiritual maturity, which is the ox. The second living creature is the ox. That's a picture of servanthood. Why do I say that? First Timothy 5.18 says, You shall not muzzle an ox when it treads out the grain, and the laborer deserves his wages. We're not talking about actual ox here. We're talking about people who serve the Lord should be rewarded for serving. Are you with me? Oxes are people, servants, those who put their shoulder to the plow and push. If you're saved, it doesn't mean you're serving. And I'm not talking about serving the Lord at this church. That is so, like, first heaven thinking. I'm talking about serving your neighbor, serving your coworker, serving your spouse. Come on, somebody. Your maturity is directly tied to how willing you are to serve. This is the second stage of spiritual maturity. We're not going to grow into his likeness. If we don't serve like him. Are you with me? We are not going to grow into his likeness unless we serve like him. This is a really good point, apparently. <laughs> if, if the lights go out and I pull an Enoch and disappear. Samuel's on the front there. You're, you're on deck, bro. You're on deck. You got a baseball shirt on. You're on deck. You're next to preach if I get Enoched up out of here, all right? So, shoom. Oh, okay. <laughs> if you think you're above serving your neighbor, you've placed yourself above the Lord Jesus Christ. He came not to be served, but to serve. That's directly out of his mouth. I came not to be served, but to serve. All right? A revelation of your authority looks like servanthood. You believe you have authority in Christ and you're not serving people? I would challenge you to even, I don't believe you understand the word authority in the kingdom. Jesus said in John 13 that it says all things were under him. He had a revelation. All things were under his authority. So the next thing he did right after that is he tied a towel around his waist, got down, and washed their dirty feet. Knowing all things were under him, he got under them. Come on. That's what it looks like to know that you have authority. It looks like servanthood. No one around here, no leader around here is a covering. We are support systems. We don't believe in coverings, spiritual coverings, because it's not in the Bible. Check me. Go find it. You won't. Repent next week. It's fine. It's not there. That's the doctrine of demons. Why? Because if you're a covering, you're a cap. you where they stop. We're support systems. We lift. Jesus got underneath and lifted up. I just want to be a better foot washer. You don't need to carry my Bible. I need to carry yours. That's all I'm going to say about that. All right. <laughs> I mean, Philippians 2, 4 through 8 says this. 
It says it, Philippians 2, let each one of you look not only to his own interest, but also to the interest of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a, help me, servant, being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Say amen. So if you don't, if you are above serving, you place yourself above Jesus. And hashtag you ain't that cool. Okay. Thankfully, you're mature enough to listen while we have a little impromptu light show. You know. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> All right. This is the maturing of the bride we're talking about. The third living creature had a human face. Say human. This is a picture of the full maturity. Get this with me. I know it's the third one. It's the full maturity of Christ in an earthen vessel. It's a human face. <laughs> I want to keep joking about it. I'm just not going to, so whatever. <laughs> yeah. It's a human face. Listen to me. Listen to me. I'm about to break some of your prayer life right now. I'm about to break some of your theology. I don't care. I actually enjoy doing this. This is fun for me, okay? How many of you said, well, we'll never, we're not going to be perfect. We're not, nobody's perfect. We can't be perfect. Don't expect yourself to be perfect. I understand the heart. You want to give people an out. You want to have compassion on yourself and others. That's good. But it's actually not necessary. If Jesus came in this room and said, let there be lights that work, what would happen? There would be lights that work. If he came in this room and said, to this chair, be an elephant, what would happen? We're talking about the creator of the universe. When he speaks, he creates, right? So what happened when he said, you be perfect, as your heavenly father is perfect? We read that wrong. We'd be like, okay, now I got to try really hard. The bar is really high, perfect, and I got to try and be perfect. Nobody's perfect. We're only human. No, no. The human race is supposed to be filled with the perfect love of God. It's how we mature. But we will never get there because we have really intense theological boundaries that limit God and say, well, it's okay. I'm not even expecting perfection. Jesus said, be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. When he speaks, he creates. It's a creative unction. Stop lying by saying we'll never be perfect. It's actually the plan. And I'm not talking about heaven. He had a human face. Come on. Ephesians 4.13 says that the apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, and evangelists, all the people who do this kind of thing, we exist to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. I'm not ministering to you. I'm equipping you for ministry. Historically, the church has done them. I'm the minister. No, no, no. I'm looking at the ministry. And I'm looking at people who need to be equipped for ministry. Okay, that's my job. That's why I'm not on the prayer team. Because I know what would happen. There'd be a line, and it would only be for me. I'm not being haughty. It's the guy with the microphone. I'm the most visible person. I disappear by the front door and bless you on your way out. I lay hands on every single person who comes in here. You don't know, but it says they will lay hands on the sick and see them recover. That's what I'm doing, just so you know. It doesn't say they'll pray. It says they'll lay hands. I'm like, bless you. Bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you, fist bump, elbow, bless you. Right? Anyway, Ephesians 4.13 says those exist. They equip the saints unto something. It says unto the mature 
manhood. It says, unto the full maturity of man. Ephesians 4.13. That's what they're supposed to do. Okay? And it says, unto the fullness of the measure of the stature of Christ. In what? In earthen vessels. That's why this creature has a human face. There's coming a day where the church will bear all the fruits of the Holy Spirit. There's coming a day where what creation is groaning for will be born. Creation is groaning in childbirth up until now, Romans 8, 19 through 22, Romans 8, 19 through 22, up until now for the manifestation of the sons and daughters of God. That word manifestation is the word apocalypse. The creation is groaning for you to be unveiled to you because that has to happen. Before he comes to us, he's going to come through us. In fact, in order for Christ to come to his church in his body, he has to first come through his church in their bodies. But we've built really fancy theological things, and we go to cemetery, seminary, and they teach us <laughs> that you'll never be perfect. Don't even try. In fact, you're a wretch. Nope, I'm a saint. I'm glorified, sanctified, one with God right now. I didn't do that to me. I received it as a gift called salvation. I don't always act like that. And that's where I need to grow up. The four living creatures are like miracle grow on your maturation process, okay? This is, I'm trying to accelerate you. I want to hasten the day of the Lord. <laughs> Christ is going to come through his body on the earth before he comes to his body on the earth. Jesus actually showed us what a human could do in the fullness of maturity of God. Jesus was fully mature. Are you with me? He starts his ministry at 30 years old. Yeah? And he is totally the mature. He doesn't do anything immature. Right? He doesn't need to grow up anymore. Are you with me? Anyone? Are you tracking? And then he starts ministering. And you're like, oh, that's because he was God. No, he showed us what it's like to be indwelt by the Spirit of God for a human vessel. He, anyone who would come after him must walk in the way that he walked. I will never be perfect. Liar. In order for the fourth living creature to come up under the throne and bring the throne to earth, we have to grow into this. We can't even get there if we're not even serving one another. Okay? You're not saved to sit. You're saved to rest. And in your resting... You're saved to work. It's from it, not for it. It's because you're rested you can now serve. Okay. Hallelujah. There's more I want to say about that, but I don't have time. <clears throat> Finally, the fourth living creature. It's like an eagle in flight. Say in flight. This is a picture of the spirit life of God released. So I just told you Jesus was fully mature. But then in the human vessel, right? That's, a, that's like the fourth living creature, the human face, right? But he also, on the Mount of Transfiguration, Matthew 17, became even more glorious, right? He was transfigured before their eyes, right? Now, let me ask you something. Did Jesus become glorious or was his glory revealed? Yeah, so you and I, one day, the church is going to be the most loving, kind, gentle, patient, joyful, peaceful place ever. Waiters and waitresses are going to love the Sunday shift because they get the biggest tips and they get encouraged the whole time. They get their destiny revealed by everybody who comes. 
That's going to happen. And then what happened to Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration where he was fully revealed to them, his glory revealed, transfigured. Daniel, the last chapter of Daniel, I don't remember the reference. I didn't write it down. The last chapter of Daniel, I think it's verse 10, says that shining ones will come who have inherited righteousness. You and I are also going to glow in the dark. When people start shining, like not you light up a room, that's like the beginning of it. I'm talking you walk up and literally these lights go out. It doesn't matter. There's like radiant beams coming from our face. That happens. Jesus is right there, whoo, ready to come back. I'll prove to you that this is the fourth stage of, of maturity. Isaiah 40, verse 31 says, those who wait on the Lord, those who hope in the Lord, will mount up on wings like eagles. Those who hope and wait in the Lord, those who stay in the fire with him, those who let him build them, those who let him grow them, will mount up on wings like eagles. Hello? An eagle, not just an eagle, an eagle in flight. Very important. It wasn't an eagle. It was an eagle in flight. It's, this is the ascended spirit life that actually ushers in the return of Christ. This is what he rides in on. Psalm 104, 3 through 4 says, He lays the beams of his chambers on the waters. He makes the clouds his chariot. He rides on the wings of the wind. Somebody hear this today. Come on. He rides on the wings of the wind. <laughs> he makes his messengers winds. Hello? His ministers of flaming fire. Revelation 1.7 says, behold, he's appearing within the clouds. It's not on the clouds. Jesus is not just like on a cloud, going to float down. Oh, here I come. You've seen that, like, that gif of the pastor who got on the cable and like descended into the, onto the pulpit. Anybody seen that? It's pitiful. He like kicks people on the way in because it doesn't stay taut. And it's just, and he's like dodging people with his feet. That ain't how it's going to happen. It's not like, ah. No. No. He's going to appear within the clouds. Eight times in your Bible, clouds are called people. Cloud of witnesses, the clouds who run to the windows. Isaiah 60, you are the cloud company. I'm looking at the cloud, and he wants to come within the clouds. What am I saying? Am I saying he's not going to have a bodily return? No. We believe in the bodily return. Amen. But it's not coming until he comes through the clouds. That's what happens first. <sighs> Revelation 4, 6 says, they were full of eyes in front and behind, right? These living creatures see forward and backwards, okay? They are able to see the future and the past from the perspective of heaven. Those who are mature can learn from their past without being defined by it. And they can be inspired toward their future without missing their present. Some people are so focused on where they've been, they don't even see where they're going. No one, fit, no one puts their hand to the plow, looks back, is fit for the kingdom of heaven. You can't look back, bro. Hand to the plow, forward only. That's the word for you, my friend. Just for you. It's just for you. I'm telling you, it's for everyone, but that's for you. No one who puts their hand to the plow and looks back Amen? Amen. <laughs> we know what that means. It's okay. You're fine. You're all mature believers. 
Some people are so focused on their past, they can't see their future. And some people are so prophetically focused on their future, they ain't willing to even admit they got issues. <laughs> Hello? Oh, I'm, I'm just, I'm glorious. I'm the, 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 the. Yeah, I know you are. I'm probably the one who told you that. I know. <laughs> and you being a jerk. And you got theological excuses, theological excuses for your dysfunction. Don't use scripture to justify hurting people. I was in my flesh. Ah. If it's a theological excuse for sin, it's not bringing him back. I'm telling you that. And it's not hastening the day. I dare say it threatens to slow it down. You've got to have presence awareness to have forward progress. You got to say, okay, I'm starting here. Otherwise, you don't know. Like, if you don't know where you start, you don't know if you've even advanced. If you don't have present awareness, you can't even measure your progress. So it's not unspiritual to be like, yeah, I got some growing up to do. It doesn't make you less holy. It makes you less like yourself. <laughs> your real life, Colossians 3.3, is hidden in God, in Christ Jesus. So you faking it looks like you being impatient. Anybody getting this? You're supposed to grow up. Amen? You're to grow into these things. Eyes in front, eyes in back, also all around. So these creatures, the mature ones of God, can see not just the, the future, the past, the present. They can see into the multiple realms and multiple realities of heaven. Amen? Front, back, all around. Eyes all around. They see everything. Amen? Eyes are a picture of sight. Hopefully we got that one. Yeah. Each creature had six wings. Why six? Because six is the number of what? Man, it's not the number of the beast. Six is not the number of the beast. It's not an evil number. In fact, 666 is man, oh man, oh man. It's the spirit of man without God. It's the soul of man without God. And it's the physical, natural man without God. Spirit, soul, body. Devoid of God's influence. <clears throat> I'm getting ahead of myself again. But the word mark of the beast, the word mark is the Greek word for character. Character of the beast. Character of the beast on their forehead and their hand. Character of the beast in the way they think and the way they act. And they won't be able to buy and sell in the marketplace. Literally, this is happening right now. It's called cancel culture. You stand up for truth or for righteousness, you are excluded from even participating. I'm not even talking about that yet, but you need to know that six is the number of man. That's what it says. Six wings. <laughs> Help me, Lord. And then John 4.24 says... Jesus has said one thing he's looking for. Jesus said God is seeking one thing. There's only one time Jesus ever said he's seeking anything. He's seeking worshipers who will worship him in spirit and in truth. John 4, 24. It's the one thing God is seeking. Why? Why? Because the four living creatures are worshiping him day and night. The mature worshipers worship in spirit and in truth. Are you with me? So when they worship the 24 elders, which is a, a picture of the 
uh, priesthood of Melchizedek. This is in a few weeks ago. 24 is 12 plus 12, king and priest. 12 is the number for authority in the Bible. So 12, king, 12 priests, the 24 elder. There are 24 of them. It was a picture of you and I being a royal priesthood. Okay, sorry, that's in another message. But anyway, I just want to mention that this is what they do. They surrender their authority. They throw their crowns. They have a crown and a robe. It's a priestly garment and a kingly crown. King, priest, royal priesthood. That's what it is. Okay? People are like, you're wrong about that. I'm like, I might be. But that's what it is. <laughs> you know? I'm okay with it. So, the royal priesthood of God. So here's what happens. When the mature worshipers arise, three things happen. Write this down. God is enthroned. When the mature worshipers arise, God is enthroned. And you'll find out next week that the throne room is actually mobile. It's actually a throne on wheels. It's wherever the mature ones go. He is enthroned. We'll get there next week. God is enthroned. The royal priesthood finds its full expression. And all of heaven rejoices. That's what happens on the other side of your maturity. When we grow up, he's lifted up. I'm going to have a Gigi come up and help me in this. Let me give you four stages quickly, just a recap. I'll put it on the screen for you. Four stages of spiritual maturity. Salvation, the lion. Servanthood, the ox. Full maturity in the earthen vessel, the man. And then the fullness of the spirit life, the eagle in flight. That is what God is going to ride in on. This is what God wants to happen in you so that he can return. I know this might be breaking your paradigm a little bit. It's a submission. You just take it with you and take it to the word. If I'm wrong, flush it. It's okay. Okay? I believe this to be true. Let me just read to you 2 Corinthians 5.17 in the King James Version. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. That's a legal translation of your life in God now. Most translations say anyone in Christ is a new creation. That's legal, but also creature. <laughs> anyone in Christ is a new creature. A living sacrifice and a new creature. A living creature. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for listening to this message from The Resting Place Tampa. Our hope is you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of everything you hear. For more great resources like this, go to trptampa.com.